you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Amen. Has the Lord been good to anybody this week? When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles today and would like to turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, I will. I'm going to have a lengthy reading this morning. I know you've been standing, so bear with me just for a moment. And we're going to read here just for a moment. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 1. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land whether ye go to possess it. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life. So you understand what's going on here. It's saying, it's speaking into the future. And that thy days may be prolonged. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Now we get to the precepts of the important passage that the Lord is wanting to say, or that Moses is writing to them about hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord and verse 5 and thou shalt you ought to be able to quote this with me and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might and these words which I command you this day, shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, 
when thou risest up, thou shalt bind them from a sign, for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as, a, as frontlets between thine eyes. Thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. All of these incredible Jewish traditions that's speaking of here. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, the houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which you didn't dig, and vineyards and olives tree, olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Verse 12, then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt. Beware lest thou forget. Lord, help me this morning to preach what you have put in my spirit for this congregation, for this day. I pray your power be in every word that is spoken. Your anointing rest upon the messenger and upon the hearts and ears and minds. Lord, let your word penetrate through the hardest of hearts this morning and find its place in the heart of man that it may grow and become fruitful and multiply. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I want you to turn to somebody before you're seated, and I want you to tell them, beware lest you forget. Beware lest you forget. You can be seated this morning. There's a lot of emotions that are running through my mind over the last few days and the last few weeks. Perhaps others, if some of you join me in this, perhaps others would not understand. And maybe by the time I'm done today, you'll understand why I opened by making such a statement of emotions that have ran through my mind because I recognize the timing in which we are living recognize, see the banners that have been hanging on the wall for the last uh, better than three years that is connected to our possessing our promise capital stewardship campaign and to our building project. And we are now approaching the final days as we are concluding. And that means that we're going to be moving into what I feel that God has promised the church. And truly, we're going to stop talking about possessing our promise, and we're going to be moving into a building that we believe that God promised us. And so this creates mixed emotions, and I, and I want to point this to you as, as to why this morning. In our text, Moses issued a final warning to Israel just before they entered into the promised land. And his final warning to them was, beware, lest ye forget. 
I feel it's timely here this morning to bring this to you because there's some key things that I pointed out in our text this morning. First of all, the message that here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord is the foundational scripture of that entire text. The second commandment that is pointed out in that text is that thou shalt love the Lord thy God and with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And then comes along verse 12 and says, And beware lest you forget the Lord. And forget that He brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now, in Joshua, the fourth chapter, God ordered the children of Israel to build a memorial so that they would never forget what he had done. In Joshua, the fourth chapter, he says, And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take twelve men out of the people, one man out of every tribe, and command them to take a stone out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm on dry ground, in other words, to take 12 stones and carry them over with you. Everybody say, carry them with you. <laughs> to take the 12 stones and to carry them with you and to leave them in a lodging place where you're going to spend your first night. Now, the commandment here, of course, was to build a memorial. And the meaning of the Hebrew word here for memorial means simply to build a reminder. Today, you use smartphones and put it into your reminders. You use computers and put it into your reminders. My wife still likes to use paper calendars, and so she writes it down in her paper calendar so she can forget it. I need the alarm to go off the day before. Beep, 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 beep. What is that about? Oh, tomorrow I have an appointment. Given man's propensity to forget it's little wonder that memorials have played such an important role in biblical history, particularly when it comes to remembering God and remembering what God has done. At the foot of Mount Sinai, Moses built an altar of stones to commemorate the covenant with Israel in Exodus, the 12th chapter. Now we see God again command His people to erect a memorial with stones taken out of the Jordan because God had brought them through and He wanted them to never forget that they didn't just do it by themselves. I, I wish I could impart something to this Sunday morning crowd that we did not get here by ourselves. It is to be done, it is to be a time of remembrance of what God has done. The scripture said, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. 
Now, memorial stones were to remind them of their own personal experience because the Scripture goes on to say, and I've referenced this many, many times, uh, the Scripture goes on to say that there would be a time when the children would ask their fathers, what meaneth these stones? And the fathers would answer them. So in other words, memorials are a place to never forget, but it's also to cause the younger generation to ask questions. And when the younger generations ask questions, the older generations have not forgotten because they're reminded by the memorial. These stones are first of all to be a reminder of their personal experience of God making a way and rolling back the waters of the Jordan. They they were to remember what they saw. They were to remember what they heard. And they were to remember what they had experienced. Now I want you to understand in the beginning of this message today and hopefully it will not be the message that never ends and I'll end in a timely manner today but at the very onset of this message this morning I, I want to remind you that in the next few weeks Christian Life Church is going to be transitioning out of this building that we have worshipped in and called home since 1972. That's quite, a, that's quite some time. How many of you were not born in 1972? Mm, look around you now. Perhaps nearly half of this congregation, some who have worshipped here their entire lives, were born and after just a few days were worshipping here in this building. It's significant to them. Perhaps some who raised your hand, maybe others who were in the building that didn't raise their hand, whomever and however. Maybe you don't have such longevity with a building, but it's very easy to fall in love with a building. And the reason is, is because the building in of itself can very easily become a memorial in of itself. Some of you in this room have 46 years of memories in this building. And some of you have memories of this church even before it was in this building. Isn't that awesome that you still have memory? Now I understand That what is ahead of us is a very, very exciting time. There's a certain sense, though, of separation anxiety for those of us who have had some great experiences here. We've had great experiences with God right here in this building. It would be very easy for us to fail to understand that God does not dwell in temples that are made of hands. But He dwells in the hearts of men. But yet there are certain significant points and places. If I was to ask you this morning to go to the place in this, bo- in this room, in this building, where God has touched you in a significant way, many of you, most of you in this room would have, a, 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 would, would have one of those God moments here. Maybe it was in a prayer m- meeting. Maybe it was uh, during... Uh, an altar call, maybe maybe it was a revival service or Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night Bible study, whatever it may be. But each of you have your certain memories 
And perhaps you could even go to the place and point out the, I, I was right here when it happened. How many of you have that experience? Mm-hmm. I, I was right here. So, now, now for many of our new members, you've been connected to, to CLC for a shorter time. Uh, perhaps you won't deal with the, with the separation anxiety that some who have been here for, a, for quite some time may be feeling. It's a certain sense of nostalgia to show up and remember 46 years of the blessings of God that's met right here at 850 Delphi Avenue. Now, when we move to the new building, we're about to walk into the new building, and when we get there, everybody is going to feel like a guest. Even me. I'm going to feel like an evangelist preaching his first message in a new church that I've never preached to before. Because it's going to feel different. It's going to sound different. People aren't going to be sitting quite as tight there as you are here. We're going to have room to spread out. You're going to lose the excuse, I would worship, but I don't have any room. When we have an altar call, we're going to have over three times the square footage that we have here in the front. Well, that should excite some of you. Because some of you have used that as an excuse so long that I'd come to the front, but I don't like feeling crowded. You're not going to feel so crowded anymore. It's going to be completely different. When we get there to the new building, uh, there's not going to be anybody saying, well, I've been sitting here for 46 years, bless God. There are no experiences in the new building. But new experiences will come. As a matter of fact, I've got a feeling that regardless of how many distractions we deal with in our first service in the new building, that for those of us who have been with this journey and we have put a great amount of finances blood, sweat, and tears into this building that when we move into that new location, there is going to be some exuberant feelings of, wow, we have made it. I'm going to worship. And maybe we'll start creating our new experiences in the new building. And so it's great for those particularly... For, for, for all of us, because it puts everybody on the same playing field. There's no, we're going to feel like there's no, we're all going to feel like new members. So here in four or five weeks, then we've all got to understand one another. Because if, if not, it could be very easy for us to become, it, it, to become confusing to us. Because when we get there, we're going to be worshiping the same God. We're, we're going to be... We're going to be preaching the same message. Our mission is not going to change. The only thing that's going to change is our address and the environment of the building. 
But the environment of worship needs to do all but one thing, and that is it needs to step up to the next level. I wish I could get somebody to say amen this morning. So that there's not going to be the, the old experiences in the new building. When we move there, it's going to be new experiences, and I believe they're going to be greater than anything we've ever experienced. Now, I don't want to blow all of my messages that I have planned to preach between now and the transition and the move, but the Scripture said that the glory of the latter house, that means the next place, is going to be greater than the former. That means all the glory of God that we've sensed and felt here, I believe it's going to be greater when we move into the next location. Because God is not about taking the church down. He's always about taking the church up. You move into the tabernacle. He took them from post to post. But every post got them closer to the holy of holies where the glory of God dwelt. That's why I believe, church, that our services ought to get better and better and better. More glory, more power, more glory, and more power. And for those who have a rich heritage in this building, I'm going to make some challenges to you today. I'm not preaching about a building, by the way. I'm just I'm laying some groundwork because it needs to be done. For those of you who have a rich heritage in this building, at 850 Delphi Avenue, my challenge to you this morning is to, you've got about four or five weeks, maybe three weeks. I'm trying to let it set in, and some of you are just like. <laughs> we have about three or four more services to build some memorials and to make some memories. And if you're newer around CLC, I challenge you to make some memories before we ever transition. So you can tell your children and your grandchildren, I was there over at the old church. And I have some memories from that old church. Now, now I clearly recognize that there are not everything about moving is wonderful, but not everything about moving is terrible because there are some things that we will choose to leave behind as individuals. There's some of you that can't wait to move because there's some things you'd like to leave behind. There's some hurts. There's some offenses. There's some pain. There's some disappointment. There's some grief. There's some sorrow. And maybe just that shift is going to help you. But you've got to make up in your mind that when I walk out of the doors of this building, I'm going to shake the dust off of my feet. I don't even want the dust 
on my feet to move to the new building with me. I'm going to take some memorials with me. I'm going to take some memories with me. I'm going to take some experiences with God with me. But I refuse to take. I'm going to let every negative thing that has ever happened in my life, in my ministry, in my family, I'm going to leave it behind at Delphi Avenue. When I walk into the new building, it is behind me. I'm not going to remember it. If God can forgive it, I'm going to forget it. I choose to leave it behind me. I'm going to move into a new building with a new idea about my future. But there are some things that we must never forget and that is we must never forget the powerful prayer meetings we've had here. That's why we need to build memorials. We need to never never forget the powerful service, the favor of God, the wonderful testimonies and the wonderful music throughout the years that has blessed our soul. We, we must never forget the revival services where our lives were touched, the messages from the great men of God that have come through and the great missionaries that have come and spoken and, and, and the people that have messages that have been preached by, by, by our late bishop and others that have come. And we must never forget some of these things. I was speaking with Brother Bolinger a few weeks ago and, and, and some time ago he told me, he said, Pastor, I can't believe that all of those years, all of the years that, that we failed to collect uh, a great recording, that, that, that all the years of ministry of this church uh, 53 years that it was not recorded. It's so simple to do, so easy to be able to do. And he said, I, I listen. He said, you preach. I take the message. I listen to it again. Uh, then during the next week, I, some of them I, I put back to listen again and again. And it is true. It's so true. We have very little, uh, very few uh, recorded messages from from uh, years and years past. It just seemed that somehow it was something that slipped through the cracks here that we didn't record those things. But yet many of you have the memory of some of those great moves of God and great messages that were preached and great moments around the altar. I'm challenging you this morning that you must never forget. You must build a memorial lest we forget when we walk out of this building. We need to remember that moment, that time. If you were baptized in this building, you need to never, ever forget it. If you were filled with the Holy Ghost in this building, you ought to never, ever forget it. If you repented of your sins and He forgave you and turned your life around in this building, you ought to never forget it. Remember where you are. Build a memorial. Package it up. Take it with you and never forget it. Beware lest you forget the basics. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You must love the Lord. You shall love the Lord thy God with all of the heart, soul, mind, and strength. Those are basics. He's saying, remember the basics. Beware lest thou forget. Because when you get to the other side, when you get to the promised land, it becomes very easy to forget what got you here. I believe that God spoke to me regarding this message and I bring it to you this morning as the messenger of the Lord. Because I think we have to be very, very careful lest we forget 
that we didn't save ourselves, but it was him that saved us. It was his grace and mercy that saved us. It was his blood. It wasn't your blood. It was his blood. You didn't save yourself. It was him. It was he that had saved us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So, in the next three or four services, we need to be very diligent about building memorials. I almost hate to put it in the way I'm going to put it this morning because some of you, whether you realize it or not, we all have memorials. Maybe it's not literal memorials of stone, but we all have stories that are burned in our hearts and in our minds. And my question for you today is what kind of memorial do you have in your life? And if you don't have memorials, uh, we really need to build them. And in the next three or four weeks, I know it's summertime. And, and we were talking the other day, and of course, I stay on top of some things pretty closely here at the church, and attendance is one of those, and, and I always kind of dread summer. I usually, as much as when my kids were in school, I love to see summer get here, but uh, as a pastor, while I enjoy vacation and enjoy time away, I always look forward to school getting back in session. Don't let the kids know I'm saying this, because they'll all hate their pastor. But I look forward for 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 us getting the kids getting back in school and, and life getting back to normal and the vacations kind of come to a halt and an end. And the reason is, is because we have what in the ministry we speak and talk about it as being the summer slump. That's because any given Sunday we have four to eight families that are out on vacation. Not preaching against their vacation. God bless them. I hope to get to take one before I die. As a matter of fact, we need them. But I know it's summer slump, and I know during summer slump it starts being a little bit of, uh, you know, well, praise God I was there. <laughs> but in the next few weeks, I feel like that we need to focus on something very clear, and that is that we need to engage in worship in a more powerful way than we have been engaging in worship. Because when we tell the stories to our kids and our grandkids, they need to have a sharp memory of, oh yeah, I know, we were just there not long ago. They need to hear. They need to be part of prayer meetings. They need to be part of our, of our, of our, of our services when the Spirit of the Lord moves in and the gifts of the Spirit operate and God moves in a powerful way. We need to be very attentive over the next few weeks that we build some memorial services. Not bemoaning the moves, but celebrating what God has done over the last 53 years in this church and over the last 42 or 46 years right here in this building. Because when we go to the new building, we need to have a bar set and say, this is what we're leaving. Now where are we going to?
There are special moments, certain places, places of unforgettable experiences and prayer meetings, messages and altar calls. Memorials in my life is the little church in East Texas where I repented of my sins and God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's a memorial there. I, we, went on, we went back home uh, back in March and there was a death and I had to go to that little church that I was born and raised up in the first 11 years of my life and I went there to bury a dear saint that uh, was like a family member and we loved her so dearly and we went into the fellowship hall which in those days was the sanctuary and I had to walk near to the place where I knelt before the Lord and where He filled me with His wonderful spirit. That's a memorial for me. Every time we drive back to southeast Texas, I, I take my boys. They can't imagine. It's a story to never be forgotten because I was baptized outside in February. In East Texas, it was 70 degrees. And I take them by the church. And the big giant pine tree used to stand. And there was a baptistry under that pine tree at that little white farmhouse looking church. We drive by today and they've done some upgrades and the tree is gone. And I drive by and I say, right there, right there, there, there used to be a tree right there. And there used to be a baptistry right there. And that's where I was baptized. It's a memorial for me. It's important for me. It's a place that I want to never forget where the burden of my soul was rolled away. Memorials for me in my personal life where I truly surrendered to the call of ministry and where I said yes to God. I could take you to the place, to the moment. I could take you there. It, it, it lives in my mind so clearly. Where I was, it's a memorial. My kids know about it. I've told them the story. I've shared it with them. We've talked about it. I've built, no doubt you all have these places. You all have these memorials. And maybe for many of you, these memorials are right here. Maybe right here even in this building. I have some memorials here. My wife and I married right here. Right here on this platform with gold pews and brown carpet 27 years ago when the world was new and all. We dedicated 28 years ago. You're right. You're so young I forget. <laughs> Lord help me. We dedicated our three boys to the Lord. We gave them back to God right here. I remember. I remember. Pardon me this morning, but Dylan, you don't remember this one because you were far too little. But I remember when my wife brought you when the doctor said, 
The doctor said you were going to be blind. And my wife would put things in front of your face to try to get a reaction. And we were concerned. But I remember that Sunday night when she came and laid you right here, right there, laid over your body and wept and said, God, you're able to heal him because you have a great plan for his future. That's why when you come and say, Dad, it's another mission strip, I just get out the checkbook. <laughs> because I remember, I remember Oh, I could go on this morning and share stories from my personal life. I remember a time in a great struggle as a newer, younger pastor and not knowing what to do. And it was Sunday night and everybody had left. But me and my wife, my boys... I sat right here on this front pew, right in the middle of this front front pew after preaching my heart out on Sunday night and feeling discouraged and feeling like nothing's going the direction that I'd hoped it would go. Back then, I remember Brother Duggar, who is now bound to a wheelchair, walked back in the back door and he walked up the center aisle and he came he sat down right there by me, put his big old arm around me. He said, Brother Jordan, if it's nobody but me and you, we're going to pray until this thing breaks through into revival. He'll never know. It was a memorial that I built at that moment because it was a pivotal point that changed my life and my ministry. I remember experiences right here in these altars where God moved in such a powerful way and the Holy Ghost have swept in and my life has been touched and answers to prayer. I remember prayer meetings and moments when I would come and kneel sometimes here, sometimes here, occasionally over on the far corner, over on this corner. When sometimes it would be nobody but me in this building. But God would reach down and heaven would kiss earth and God would move on me. I, I, I never want to forget these incredible experiences. These are memories and experiences of God answering prayer. And God's marvelous hand a provision that has been on this church in the service. In the service uh, about four and a half years ago when we challenged the church to purchase the property and build the building where we are and we needed $50,000 to be able to do it. We had figured it up and talked to church consultants and was expecting about $25,000. We created the challenge for $50,000. I was, I was already putting a plan together in my mind of what we were going to do for the other 25000 that the bank was requiring 
in that night in a Sunday night service when you, this church, came through. And not only did we raise 50000 but we raised 67 thousand dollars in cash that was a command to say go and buy and build I'll never forget how God has provided through the church over the years I've learned some invaluable lessons of faith these lessons of faith are not something that can be taught it's something that you have to experience but we must be building some memorials every time that God comes through. We need to be building memorials, be telling the story, be sharing the story, be talking about it. I came this morning. I walked to the pulpit this morning. This little box means nothing to most of you. It has a message date on it. Oh, by the way, yeah, that's a cigarette lighter. I keep it in my office because it has a message date February the 24th. And 13. And amazingly, the message I preached that day was very closely related to what I'm preaching today. The title of that message was Tell the Story About the Stones. It was given to me by Brother Kevin Spangler because after that message, God delivered him. He no longer needed the cigarette lighter. It has a couple of dates on the back when he had his last smoke. And God delivered him. It may be nothing to you. But on the day that I'm questioning, is my ministry worth it? Am I accomplishing anything? Am I reaching anybody? Am I doing anything? It's just a little memento that my office is filled with. and My keepsake box at home is filled with little things that I pull out. And it just tells me, keep telling the story about the stones. Keep preaching about building memorials. Keep challenging people to go forward because in the end it's going to be worth it all. But we cannot forget how we got here. We didn't get here by ourselves. Take the stones, build a memorial because if you're not careful, you're going to forget. I'll never forget this. It's the basics. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. They teach it to their children from the time they are babies through their three years old until the children can quote it. Love the Lord thy God with all of the heart, soul, mind, and strength. At three years old, the babies can say it. The babies can quote it over and over over again yet the Lord said build a memorial because when you get out the other side if you're not careful you'll forget and start thinking you got there by yourself many of those who are going on who aren't here this morning to hear me preach this message. But my hat's off and I give them accolades this morning because they blazed a trail. They gave faithfully. They labored faithfully. They worked honestly in the field of labor. They drove church buses. They taught Bible studies. They prayed in the altar. They showed up to prayer meeting. They were faithful to Wednesday night Bible study. They were at church every time the doors were open. They gave of their tithes and their offerings. 
They were committed to God in the church. And we are here this morning after they're gone on and we're in joy in what they labored and built. I'm quickly closing this morning. Build a memorial, he said, so that each time the Israelites saw it, they would be reminded that they, they were a day, there was a day they crossed Jordan and they didn't do it in their own ability and their own strength. But it was because of God. In this room this morning is a group of five or six men, seven or eight men maybe, that have been incredibly faithful. I know others have been have come out and helped us work, but there's... There's a small core group of men that have just been faithful. They're there almost every work day. I just, if they're not there, I can almost count on that something has come up drastic. I, I, they're just there. They, they can show you where most of the screws and nails are in the building. They have labored. They have worked. They've given of themselves. They've given of their time. There's some of you here this morning, while perhaps you haven't been able to be a great help there. You have given financially in powerful ways and you have moved us forward in such incredible ways by incredible gifts. There's things that go unmentioned and untalked about. When I've walked into my office and there's been checks upwards of $10,000 has been laid on my desk toward the building project. People don't want to be mentioned. Here it is. I'm just handing this. I'm just giving this and put it where it needs to go. Just make these things happen. Men that have gone out and worked and done second jobs and came and they didn't even cash the check they just write names on the back and turn it in and say here put this toward the building project We, my point is this morning it's not because of one or two of us we didn't get here by, their, by ourselves but it was a group of people working and laboring together but it wasn't just us it was those that prayed for this day to come we walked in to the building this week and we were painting and working and somebody said oh I, I wish brother Price. It was Brother Mark Melick, I think it was. He said, oh, wouldn't it have been incredible? And I just wish Brother Price could have seen how beautiful this building is and how things are coming together. But you know what? It, we, we can't go back and undo those things. But here's what I can say to you this morning. It's just exactly the way that he would have hoped it to have been. And the last words he said to me before he passed away, he said, Brother Jordan, you're building too small. What great vision. That that's what got us to where we are. We didn't get here by ourselves. It was the labor of people, the giving of people, the faithfulness of people that brought us here. We're moving on. We're moving forward. But the Lord is challenging us this morning. Build some memorials. Don't get there and think you're proud. Lift it up and you got there by yourself. It was the Lord that got us there. Stand with me this morning. Your children need to hear these stories. We must never forget the stories of great miracles and healings. If you get tired of hearing me tell the story of God healing my babies or raising Sister Robin Mulberg from the dead. If you get tired of hearing me talk about God healing, delivering and setting free you're missing the whole point. And you can just expect it. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep preaching it because your children need to hear it. 
And your grandchildren need to hear it and their children need to hear it. And I pray that your days are extended, the writer said, so that it'll go on and on and on and on. Lest we forget. We've got to, we've got to share our story. In 1962, they took prayer from school. In 1963, they took Bible reading from school. In 1980, they declared the Ten Commandments illegal in schools. I wonder why the Lord said, build some memorials so people never forget. Because society would like to desensitize people from believing and knowing, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. Beware lest we forget. Will there ever be a day that we talk about, well, the way the church used to be? I remember when we used to worship freely, lift our hands, clap our hands. I remember when people used to get in the aisles and worship exuberantly. I remember when people used to dance before the Lord like David danced with all of his might. Are we going to talk about that day and the way it used to be? Are we going to build some memorials and tell our kids this is what it felt like? This is what it looked like. I want my kids and my grandchildren that are not yet born. I want your children and your grandchildren. I don't want them just to hear a story about the way it used to be. But I want to recreate it. I want them to know this is what it's like. This is what we talk about. This is the presence of God that we talk about. The building of a memorial was a time of renewal and personal commitment. Joshua not only issued the order for men to go back to the place where the feast of the priest stood on dry ground, but he personally joined them and they made their journey back to the center of the riverbed. Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan and in the place where, it, where that the feet of the priest stood firm. And then he commanded the men to take the 12 stones and to go and to build a replica to the place where they were going to spend the first night. The Bible said, Now the people came from the Jordan in the 10th month and the 10th day of the first month and they came to Gilgal on the east of Jericho and those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. I want you to watch this. It's significant that it happened on the 10th day of the first month. Because this was exactly 40 years to the day since Israel had marched out of Egypt. 40 years to the day they marched out of Egypt that they crossed over and they camped in Canaan land. Oh, I want you to understand this morning, child of God. I want you to understand that the presence of God we feel and the Spirit of God, it's not attached to this building. I understand the sentiments and the feelings and the love for this location. It's right. It ought to be. 
but we need to build some memorials, take some pictures, tell some stories, write it down, get some mementos, get ready. And when we move into the new building, don't ever let the experiences of your past cease, but remind your kids and your grandkids, we used to do this in the old building. Come on, we're going to keep doing it in the new building. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God was one on the other side of Jordan. Now that we're on this side of Jordan, here, O Israel, the Lord our God is still one, and we're still going to love the Lord thy God with all of our heart, with all of our soul. We're never going to change this thing. Somebody needs to take a look back this morning to how God turned your life around, how He saved you by His blood, how He made a way out of no way, how He changed directions and gave us a new sense of hope. And as we approach the final few services in this location, somebody needs to declare, I'm going to make these services count. I want to go back to that place in worship that I have a memory of. I'm going to try to recreate it between now and then. I'm going to live it in my mind. I'm going to worship in my mind. We may not sing the same songs. It may not be the same rhythm. It may not be the same person that's leading, but I'm going to go back. It's the same Spirit of God, and I'm going to worship Him. I'm going to relive one of those altar calls when the presence of God came. I'm going to go right back to it all over again. We're going out of this location, moving to a new location. We're leaving some old things behind. But come on, pick up the stones. Let's take them with us. Moses told the people, you can stay here. You can stay here if you want to. But I don't advise it. He said, because when we go, I want you to get this now. He said, because when we go, there's something you got to understand if you stay here. That the cloud that's been shadowing the sun, the cloud that is the protection and direction of God, the cloud that represents the glory of God. You can stay here if you want to, but when we go, the cloud's going with us. The glory's going with us. He said, it's all right if you want to stay here, but you've got to understand that rock that followed us through the wilderness and that water that came from it and nourished your soul. i got to tell you, that rock, which the Bible said was Christ, that rock's going with us. Moses said, you may as well come on and go because the cloud's going and the rock's going. Oh, and don't forget in the midnight hour that that fire, that pillar of fire that led us through the wilderness at night, that man couldn't explain that fire that was significant of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. He said that fire is going with us. Stay here if you want to, but I want to go where the cloud goes. I want to go where the fire goes. I want to go where the rock goes. I don't want to be without my direction, without the Spirit of God, and without the fire of the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands all over the building and magnify the name of the Lord this morning. Come on, exalt His name with a loud voice today. Come on, exalt His name. Exalt His name this morning. Would you make this altar call personal? Maybe you'd like to step from where you are today and declare, I'm going where the fire's going. I'm going where the rock's going. I'm going where the cloud is going. I won't stay here. I won't stay here alone. I want to go where he's leading me. I want to go where he's leading me.
would somebody reach out to the Lord? Come on, has he ever made a way for you? Come on, build a memorial to it today. Declare it in the name of the Lord. Oh, you 